So yeah, we're doing something a little different, a little new, a little different. Different to are us, you, not different to you. Are you going to introduce the podcast? Oh yeah, this is crime culture. This isn't different. That's no, not this different. Is, this is the same. But from now on, Haley and I are in a very loving, albeit sometimes strained, long distance relationship. Tell them why. I was about to, and then you cut me off. This is why our relationship is strained. It's not. <laughs> it's really not. Um, because Haley moved to New Jersey. That's a lie. I've always lived here. That's true. But I moved to California. Yeah. So. Cowabunga. But yeah, fun no. Times. Yeah, shredding the gnar and all that fun stuff. So good, good. I just and hit my microphone with my headphones, so hopefully that doesn't pick up. But if it does, hey, it's me. And I just remembered that I forgot to listen to I'm a little behind because we just moved in last week mm-hmm. um on our episodes. So I did not get to listen to Mo last night. Which I told you I was going to do. So, but oh, I've heard so I've cute. heard great th- I've heard great things about Mo. I really have. I love him He's, so much. And the other day was National Black Cat Day. Yes. So we, we made sure to. It. Yep, we posted about it. We made sure to whatchamacallit, call um, give him a little shout. Give out. him yes, give him the recognition he deserves. Yep. So and oh, he deserves so much recognition. He's such a beautiful boy. He's perfect angel. He's a perfect. He's the best kitty. part of the episode. He's the best part of the podcast. He is. Yeah. He's the podcast. All right. So yes. now that you're all settled in and we're doing our first long distance recording, what our are we talking about? first many. So today we're going to talk about the highway of tears because life is a highway and I'm going to ride it all night long um, yep, or at least for the next like to. hour or so. That's what you listen to the entire time driving to California. <laughs> I did put it on our Haley made us a moving to California playlist. Yep. And some of the tracks on there were a little too like and also Michael doesn't get unsettled easily. And some of them were a little too unsettling even no, for but him. Here's, so then here's we would the thing. switch I, over. I didn't just make I didn't just make you like a weird random playlist. I made you a twenty yes. hour playlist it was of a, all yes. songs of all songs that reference California. Yes, if they say California anywhere in it, it was on the playlist. It was very funny because there was like some stand up on there where they talk about California. There were beach noises and seagull yep. sounds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was but there was some stuff that was really that was unsettling to there's the both a lot of us. Of so really, when we needed a break. There's a lot of really intense hip hop songs that yeah, talk about yeah. California. Yes. There was but, some good Def Jam stuff on there. It was great. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. But um, when it got too intense, we would listen to my Happy Caitlin Fun Time playlist, which good. Michael complained the entire time we listened to it that it was only stuff that I liked. And I was like, bitch, I mailed this emailed. I didn't email this. I didn't mail it. I sent it to him via Discord mm-hmm. a week before we left. So he could have added to it. And he, neglected he could have it, added so. to it. And then he goes... Well, I didn't know that I was supposed to add to it. And I was like, bull to the shit. Because why would I send it to you? And he says it's because he's got Spotify premium and I don't, which is fair, which is true. But also, you don't get to complain about all the ABBA we listen to and the fact that I I put life as a highway. Spotify premium, sponsor us. Spotify premium, sponsor us and also put us on your fucking app because it's taking too long. 
Yeah, it is. Um, I'm, anyway, I uh, did so, my waiting. <laughs> ten years 12. of it. It was it ten years of it? I thought it was twelve. I thought it was ten. Oh shit. Oh no. <laughs> one of us is a bad fan. Oh no. <laughs> oh, one of us is a bad fan. Anyway, and the other one's right. Uh, yes. Anyway. Go so, yeah. and so, tell me what it, we're doing. So, as I was saying, we're doing the Highway of Tears because life is a highway and I'm going to ride it all night long. Um, okay. Or at least for the next hour. Um, repeat stuff, repeat stuff, repeat stuff. Um, but so, yeah. So, and this is a really interesting one. It's extremely infuriating. But it just, I this one really captured my attention. I've been wanting to do it for a while. And I'm so excited. Because I've had so much time on my hands i've been able to really dive deep into this one so i'm excited and you're Perfect. excited and we're all excited everybody's just excited there's just so much we're excitement yeah yeah so for those Go. who don't know for all of our americans i mean i'm an american and you're an american i don't know why i said it like that but that's fine um the highway of tears is a 450 mile stretch of road between prince george and prince rupert along highway 16 in british columbia canada Mm. So authorities believe, yes, we're getting we're getting international. Um, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, technically we did that already, but it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Just ignore it. Just ignore it. It's fine. It's fine. Just go with it. Just go with it. Um, we're getting international again. Yes. Yes. We're just we're just international like that. I mean, honestly. Continue. Just, yes. So authorities believe a serial killer or serial killers, plural, um, has been at work in an isolated part of British Columbia since 1969 whoa and i i didn't want to include this but i guess i might want to authorities believe that the killer stopped working in 2011 however mm -hmm. we'll get into that we'll get into that later Ooh, because many tease. people are like actually no oh you have mm -hmm. no idea it's an infuriating little factoid once we get to it um, so since that, since 1969, women have disappeared or been murdered by unknown killers or one killer, who knows, who mm -hmm. stalked victims along the highway. And according to the carrier Sikani, and I'm I'm definitely probably pronouncing that word wrong. It's S E K A N I Family Services, which is referred to as C S F S. According mm -hmm. to their website, all but one of these victims has been indigenous. Whoa. Yeah. Um, so the indigenous people living around the Highway of Tears believe the killings never received the attention they deserved because of the low socioeconomic and social standing of Native peoples within Canadian society. And Carolyn Bennett, who is the Minister of Indigenous and Northern Affairs for Canada, says that the families of the murdered and missing women believe that the police treat their loved ones' deaths as, quote, inevitable, as if their lives mattered less. Yeah, that's um, what um, in the last podcast on the left whenever they talk about um, how um, people of color are yep. murdered in like large numbers or how right. uh, people or in sex work are mur murdered in large numbers. They call sex them sex workers, the, LGBTQ. Yes. Yeah. They call them yeah. the less dead because, Oh, that's a good way to put it because there are like the, Ted Bundy only killed, I think like white brunette women. Well, yeah, he killed like maybe I think it was, they said 33, but right. there are, people that have killed double that number. Look at Delphine LaLaurie. Yeah. 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 People who killed double that number of people of color and it didn't, it's not as recognizable. Right. 
because they just didn't get the international coverage that They're, some of these they don't have the privilege which is yeah it sucks and there needs to be change yeah and we'll talk about that more in in some more episodes but right. yeah that's that's super fucked up well what's good about this and i'm going to mention that later too is that while the victims and their families still need to receive closure and this highway of tears is extremely prevalent in terms of the murders of indigenous people in the British Columbian area. And also it put British Columbia on the map as the place where the in Canada where the most indigenous people are murdered. In the past, I'd say maybe 10 years, 12 years or so, there has been a huge increase in awareness and publication regarding these murders so mm -hmm. and that's leading to more change which is good that's good um but so yes so where was i here the following list is 18 of the women and girls whose deaths and disappearances are part of the investigation of the highway of tears mm -hmm. um again this is only 18 and i'll get into that in a minute there's a lot of differences on how many women have actually gone missing and been murdered along this highway and this area um, because the area has since been expanded beyond just Highway 16. Mm -hmm. um, but here's the, I don't want to call them the top 18, but the most, I guess the most well-known 18. Okay. Um, Ayla, A-I-E-L-A-H, Sarek Auger, who was 14 from mm. Prince George was last seen by her family on February 2nd, 2006. And her body was found eight days later in a ditch along highway 16 East of Prince George. Okay. Um, Tamara Chipman or Tamara Chipman, Tamara Chipman. Um, she was 22 also. Oh no. Of Prince Rupert, not Prince George was last seen on September 21st, 2006 hitchhiking along highway 16 near Prince Rupert. Her body has yet to be found. Um, if I don't tell you that they've found a body, it can be assumed there was not a body found. Yeah. So Nicole Hoar, H-O-A-R, H -O -A -R, 25, was from Alberta and working in the Prince George area as a tree planter. She was last seen hitchhiking to Smithers on Highway 16 on June 21st, 2002. Lana Derrick, 19, was last seen in October 1995 at a gas station near Terrace. She was a student at Northwest Community College in Terrace. Alicia Germain, 15, of Prince George, was found murdered on December 9th, 1994. Roxanne Thiara, 15, of Quesnel, was found dead in August 1994, just off Highway 16 near Burns Lake. Were Ramona, all these people hitchhiking? For the most part. There, because there's not really a transportation system set up. So, okay. and if you don't have a car, and again, the low socioeconomic status would mean that not a lot of these people would have cars or there'd be yeah. like a one car household. So mm -hmm. a lot of them have no choice but to hitchhike or to walk an unreasonable amount of miles. Yeah. And even if they decided to walk and not hitchhike, that doesn't mean that, like I said, like they were being stalked by these killers who are in cars automatically, they have the advantage. I don't know why. I just think hitchhiking sounds very um like 60s 70s 80s to me oh yeah no it's very it was it was very popular back in the day of... and now it's because now 
people are getting and it's not even just on the highway of tears all over people you know you don't hitchhike it's super dangerous now back in the day our parents and our grandparents did it but they don't do it we don't do it now because we learned from their mistakes yeah and, I, I just don't remember hearing of people hitchhiking in like the early 2000s or like the late 90s and I, I never really thought about it kind of i mean like i didn't know anybody specifically who did it but it was portrayed in like media and stuff um yeah i knew what it was negatively um one time i i used to teach sailing up at the cape and my mom was super late in driving and picking me up from work and i didn't have a car up there Mm -hmm. and like it wasn't her fault i think my brother probably had a meltdown or something and one of my coworkers was like, hey, I'd give you a ride, but I've got to go in the opposite direction and I've got to go to this thing. I don't remember what he had to go to. And I was like, mm-hmm. no big deal. He happened to be pulling out right as I jokingly stuck my thumb out at my mother and she pulled over and I got in the car and he called me furious. And he was like, get out of that car right now. I was like, it's my mom. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I'll pick you up. It's fine. Get out of the car. I was like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> It was really funny, though. He was like, are you kidding me? It's just, it's become, like, it's so much more dangerous than they made it sound. Absolutely. It's it's all about, it's part of the whole latchkey kid thing. Yeah. Where there's a lot of stuff that just, it's a lot more dangerous now, like walking to school and blah, blah, blah. It's just, it's, it's not the same world. People have gotten, unfortunately, smarter and savvier, and technology has... Smarter and savvier exponentially in, in malicious intent. In malicious intent, though, also in like non-malicious intent that these parents are figuring out different ways now to like protect their children. Yeah. Um, and that adults are figuring out how to protect themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but regardless, um, I'm trying to figure back, out where I left off here. Yeah. It was uh, something with an M, an M name nope um did we talk about roxanne fiera no i don't think so yes we did she was found off burns lake um ramona wilson i believe is where we left off and she was 16 and from smithers and she was last seen alive on in june 1994 when she was believed to be hitchhiking and her body was found 10 months later um delphine nicole n-i-k-a-l she was 16 and also of Smithers, and she was last seen in June of 1990 when she was hitchhiking from Smithers to her home in Telqua. Mm-hmm. Um, Alberta Williams was 24 when she disappeared in August 1989, and her body was found several weeks later near Prince Rupert. Mm-hmm. Shelley Ann Bascu of Hinton Alta. I, I don't know what the... I should have... I'm trying to think. What would Alta be? It's A-L-T-A period... Canadians, help me out here. I'm terrible with this stuff. I don't really know the geography of Canada. She was last seen in 1983. Um, Maureen Mosey of Kamloops was found dead in May 1981. Monica Jack, the youngest victim at 12 years old, um, Hmm. disappeared in May 1978 while riding her bike near Merritt. And her, oh, but wait. So she went, she disappeared in 1978, right? Her Mm -hmm. remains were found in 1996. Whoa. And that's the other thing, too. And I'll get into this. Like, the police didn't really 
put as much effort into investigating these cases as they could have and should have, which is why, for example, Monica Jack was found nearly, oh no, over 20 years later. Nearly 20 years later? I can't math. Nearly 20 years later. I cannot do math. I'm so sorry. I was was a communications major. I, math is not my thing. We're doing this on Um, the fly. Yep. Um, so then, but it gets, it gets, it, there's still some other young women, uh, Monica Ign- Ignis, I-G-N-A-S. I know mm-hmm. how to pronounce it in my head. I just can't pronounce it with my mouth. Um, she was 15 when she was last seen in December 1974, and her remains were found five months later. Colleen McMillan was 16 when she was last seen in August of 1974, uh, she had left her family home in Lac La Hache, La Hache, H-A-C-H-E, mm-hmm. British Columbia, with a plan to hitchhike to visit a friend, and her remains were found the next month. Um, Pamela Darlington, who is 19 of Kamloops, was found murdered in a park in November 1973. Gail Ways of Clearwater was last seen hitchhiking in October 1973. And her remains were found in April 1974, the next year. Uh, Micheline Pear of Hudson Hope was found dead in 1970. And Gloria Moody of the Williams Lake area of British Columbia was found dead in October 1969. So she was one of the first victims. Yeah, geez, this goes back real far. It goes back extremely far, uh, all the way to to 1969 pardon me and i mean 2006 i think you said 2006 but authorities say that it ended in 2011 and there's some dispute on that um which actually will bring me to my next point because the royal canadian mountain police which is the rcmp um their investigation into the highway murders is referred to as project e pana e hyphen p-a-n-a and that okay. began in the fall of 2005. And EPANA sought to discover if there was a single serial killer at work or a multitude of killers operating along yeah, the highway. That's what I was going to ask, because like, it started in 1969. Do they really think somebody has been doing this from 1969 until, I mean, present, basically? Oh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Because in short... No, I'll leave it as a cliffhanger. Um, okay. <laughs> I I thought better of it. Um, So the unit investigated nine cases in 2006, but by October 2007, the RCMP expanded the number of women in their investigation to 18. That would be the 18 women I just listed Mm -hmm. and increased the total kilometer to approximately 1500, which is about 932 miles, as opposed to the original 450 miles of just Highway 16. Um, So this included the Highway of Tears, Highway 16, parts of Highway 97 and Highway 5. Mm-hmm. Um, and the victims involved within the EPANA investigation followed the criteria of being female, participating in a high-risk lifestyle known to hitchhike, and were last seen or their bodies were discovered within a mile from Highway 16, Highway 97, and Highway 5. Now, the I'm case- not, oh, I'm not uh, like familiar with the geography of this area, but is Highway 16 like in a very, very rural area? Um, that would yeah, make pretty it much. Like-, like, no one would really see any yeah. of this going down like i'm I'm picturing it uh like wooded on both sides basically like a, like a smaller highway like a maybe like a two or four lane highway 
I mean, I don't know about the size of the highway. Anybody who's in Canada or has been to Highway 16 can feel free to let us know. And I'm going to... This, ju- this is just how I'm picturing it. Yeah, we'll, we'll locate... Um, we'll locate... We'll find pictures of Highway 16 to Yeah, it'll show. be on the website. Yeah, it'll be on the website. It'll be on everywhere. It'll be just... It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Everybody will find it. Um, all right, go ahead. All right. Mm, okay. Um... So, yeah, it's I'm trying to figure out where I am here. So the cases involved in the project now ranged from 1969 to 2006, and no Mm -hmm. new cases have been added to the RCMP investigation since 2006. However, and this is where you were asking me um, when this ranged Young women still continue to experience violence along British Columbia highways. And to date, only one of these murders has been solved. Whoa. Yeah. Um, And we'll get to that in a minute. So in 2006, the CSFS took part in a symposium to raise public awareness and create a call for action. Uh, More than 500 people were in attendance, including service providers, First Nations community members, and the family members of the victims. 33 recommendations came out of this important meeting covering four key areas, community development, emergency readiness, victim family support and victim prevention. And Mm. each of these recommendations come first from the understanding that the communities along the highway share a situation of colonization resulting in experiences of addiction, cultural genocide, displacement from land, poverty, residential school impacts and violence. And this is what the indigenous nations meant when they said that they were not receiving the um, right amount of attention because of the low socioeconomic and yeah. social standings. That's yeah. what they were referring to um, is all of these. I don't want to say reputations because that's, that's not true, but mm-hmm. um, it's a stigma. Yeah. So in 2009, the police converged on a property in Isle Pierre in rural Prince George to search for the remains of Nicole Hoar or Hoare. Um, a young tree planter who went missing on Highway 16 on June 21st, 2002. Again, for those who don't remember, because these all I I repeat a lot here with these because there's so many victims. It's kind of hard to keep track. Mm-hmm. Um, but so the property was once owned by Leland Vincent Switzer, who is currently serving a prison sentence for the second degree murder of his brother. Lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, Sounds one, like his a great guy. Bu- his brother's name was which one was the biblical one abel yeah yeah his brother's name was abel um it's not the weekend um the rcmp also searched the property for other missing women from the highway of tears but no further actions followed the investigation Hmm. Um, on september 25th 2012 the rcmp announced a link between the murders and the now deceased united states criminal bobby jack fowler um, his DNA was found on the body of Colleen McMillan, one of the presumed oh. victims. And Fowler Weird. was known to, yeah. Um, Fowler was known to have been working in British Columbia during the period when several other women were found murdered. So Convenient. I don't know about you. Yeah, these sound like hella red flags. But um so I mean it, at this point it's all circumstantial, but it's all circumstantial. Yeah. But also, it's weird. they found the fucking DNA on Colleen. Yeah. It doesn't get more like he did it Yeah, that's it not really that. circumstantial. Yeah. 
So being in the same area would be. Yeah, being in the same area would be. But, you know, no. But I mean, then again, that's what they're doing with the Golden State Killer right now. They're talking about all the areas he was in and all of the things that he could have done. And so, I mean, you really never know. Yep. But regardless, investigators first compiled a DNA profile of the perpetrator in 2007, but technology available at the time did not yield a strong enough sample. Um, So new technologies that were developed in 2012 allowed police to reexamine the DNA, and that led to the identification of Fowler being having his DNA on Colleen McMillan. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition, Fowler is also strongly suspected of having killed both Gail Ways and Pamela Darlington in 1973. Okay. Um, the RCMP believe that he may have also killed as many as 10 or possibly even 20 of the other victims. Jesus. Yes. Uh, who, was several the, of- who was the one uh, victim that was not um, indigenous? That I don't know. I, I'm kind of assuming it's Colleen McMillan. But I mean, okay. I, I didn't I didn't do like a deep dive because just because they don't look indigenous doesn't mean like I looked at the pictures of these women and mm-hmm. any of them could be indigenous. Any of them could be not indigenous because I've got friends who have a little bit of, say, like Cherokee or um, Wampanoag in them and uh, they're redheads and blondes and things like that. So it's just like you can't really. I just, I just wanted to know if the one person that wasn't indigenous got more media coverage than the rest, because that would be majorly messed up. That would be fucked. That would be fucked. I mean, I hate to say it's safe to assume that yes, that's the case, but I mean, but you didn't. Like, you didn't see any articles that was just about that one person, so because no. you don't even know exactly which one it is. No, because you don't know exactly which one it is, but also, like I said, there were so many women. Like, just... Yeah. Like, to use the words of the late, great, now-canceled Mitt Romney, binders full of women. Binders. Um, binders full of women. Um, but so, yeah, if you don't understand that reference, you're too young to listen to this podcast. Um, it's okay. Go to bed. Go to bed. Um, I don't care if it's nine in the morning. Go to bed. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But several of the murders took place after Fowler's arrest in June of 1995. Um, And this and in 2006, Fowler died in prison from lung cancer. So sad. Oh, poor Aww, thing. Poor, Aww. poor, poor Aww. thing. Poor innocent poor person. Guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Um. Not not trivializing lung cancer because that shit's fucked. But I mean, it couldn't Just have happened to a better person. Um, talking about the talking piece about of shit your comeuppance and karma being a bitch. Um. But yeah. So he died in 2006 during um or not during but during his sentence which followed a conviction for rape, kidnapping, and attempted rape in Newport, Oregon. Whoa. Yeah, so, I mean, and that's also what points to him possibly doing it because he basically did the same thing in the U.S. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, so. But then, but wait, there's more. Um, You get a conviction and you get a conviction. Everybody gets a (laughs) conviction! Um... In 2014, Canadian serial killer Cody Lejebakov, Lejebakov, I can't, I can't, I can't, L-E-G, like leg, E-B-O-K, like Ewok with a B, 
off. All right. I think you can spell off. Um, was convicted of one of the murders. This is the one conviction that we got. And that mm-hmm. was of Lauren Don Leslie in 2010. Um, he was convicted. And remember, like, this is why it makes no sense that they're saying, oh, yeah, it was as late as two, as 2006. This girl literally was killed in 2010. Oh. Yeah. That's why it makes no sense that they're and yeah. even. And so that's why they cap it off at 2011. But even then, nah, nah. Yeah. When there's still nah. stuff going on. Exactly. So he was convicted of first degree murder on September 11th, 2014. And in September 2016, the British Columbia Court of Appeals confirmed the original conviction. Um, So Cody, because I can't pronounce his last name. Honestly, he doesn't deserve to have his last name correctly pronounced, but I'm a stickler for continuity. He was 21 at the time of the murder. Whoa. Yeah. Like, not saying that he was a wee babe, but he was a wee babe. No, we're going to do an entire episode about people that are younger and children. So Young and hungry for murder. That's still very young. That's Yeah, that's a little young. That's not as young as the girl that didn't like Mondays, but that's still pretty young. And we'll get into her, too. Yeah. Because I don't know why they did not call her the Garfield killer. But anyway... Um, I don't, maybe she didn't like lasagna. Insensitive. Insensitive, but also, I mean, we've heard of worse things and dumber things. That's true. She, her literal reasoning was, I don't like Mondays. That's Garfield's reasoning for everything. That's true. I know. Okay. I know it's true. I'll allow it. I know I'm I'll right. i allow it. Go on. <laughs> What's that line from John Mulaney? And if the court will so see, I did not perjure myself. Um, yes. So in December 2014, a serial rapist named Gary Taylor Handlin, um, huge piece of shit, was mm-hmm. charged with the murders of Monica Jack. And also she was not murdered or raped on the Highway of Tears, but 11-year-old C- Catherine Mary Herbert. Um, oh, just kidding. I, I've i got her mixed up with somebody else. She is thought to have been a victim in the Highway of Tears murders. Okay. Um she just hasn't been solidified as one and police say that handlin was previously a suspect but they had not had enough evidence to charge him and his december 2014 arrest was attributed to new advances in dna analysis but the specific details were not released Hmm. so despite the fact that fowler and lejebikoff have been i'm hoping that's right have been identified as the as two of the killers in these cases and they're the police have suspects for other cases like they have mm-hmm. they have strong leads for other cases investigators are doubtful that they will ever solve all of the murders that's crazy yeah and there's a fuck ton um one whole unit of fuck ton mm. so in october 2016 CBC Radio 1's The Current released a virtual reality documentary called Highway of Tears. And the documentary focuses on the case of Ramona Wilson, the 16-year-old girl from Smithers. Um, Mm -hmm. And she disappeared on her way um, to a nearby town in 1984. And while Ramona's body was found in 1995, her murder, like many of the others along Highway 16, remains unsolved. 
And on June 25th, 2018, the RCMP issued an apology to the Highway of Tears victims and their families. Um, during the institutional hearing on police services and practices in Regina, Saskatchewan, um, the RCMP commissioner, Brenda Lucky, delivered a statement. And I'm going to read that statement in a minute, but I want to cut in here because part of the reason that the RCMP was not covering their asses, so to speak, but in 2015, I believe it was, um, a whistleblower named Elizabeth Denham um, released a report that she titled Access Denied. And it talks about this huge scandal where the British Columbian government um, ordered documents on the Highway of Tears for FOI, which is Freedom of Information. Mm -hmm. And they were, quote, triple deleted by Whoa. a government official named George Greets. He was with the transportation ministry. And okay. so what triple deleted means is so like, let's say you get an email or you have like a document or something. You delete that. That's delete number one. Then mm -hmm. you go into your deleted folder or your recycling bin or whatever that is. You delete it from there. That's deleted number two. Then to triple Ooh. delete it, you go basically into kind of like the back end and you delete from your computer any trace that that document was ever there. So it cannot ever be linked to your computer or your email or whatever that wow. may be. Yeah. Wait, how do they find out that it's been triple deleted? A former assistant of one of the transportation ministers came to Elizabeth Denham with this information because basically Greets ordered this assistant to delete the documents. The kid was hesitant, understandably so. Uh -huh. And greets then allegedly took the computer keyboard and did it himself wow and he denied that in a police inter not an in interview and in, in a police investigation but then it was revealed that he perjured himself he came back and was like no i lied like i did this um because despite a two-month tour of the highway of tears to figure out like how they could make things better and everything and multiple meetings including the meetings with the sf the csfs um, mm -hmm. The British Columbia government claims the FOI request produced no files relating to the Highway of Tears. Wow. Yeah, because it's a massive cover up because they didn't do shit for, let's see, 79, 89, 99, 2009. This happened in like 2015. So almost mm -hmm. over 20 years. Yeah. Like all, about 25 years. Like, it's fucked. That's crazy. And it goes right along with because then people turn around and they say that those who are POC or in the LGBTQ community or any any real minority. Oh, they're crazy. Mm -hmm. They're overreacting. They're looking to complain, blah, blah, blah. Well, this is proof. This is proof that it's not. Yeah. Because shit like this, I'm sure, happens up. all the time where it's a huge cover up to cover other people's asses. Also, I just looked up pictures of the, the highway and i did too yeah. it's literally a two-lane yeah yeah and it's tiny it looks like it's such like a nice view it's beautiful it's so i was gonna say yeah, it's, it's very if you've seen twin peaks it seems yeah. kind of like that yeah that's how i originally pictured it right but it's so sad that like all this stuff happened on this i mean really picturesque place yeah no it's 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 fucked up it's just it's very infuriating yeah, um, and, and then again, all the cover-up and everything. The cover-up happened, and so then, so then, fast forward. So this was in 2015, and then it comes out that like, greets and other people are going to be indicted, and they're going to go to prison, and they're still working on sentencing now. 
But so this past June is mm-hmm. when Commissioner Lucky delivered a statement um, okay. dur- during a hearing on police services and practices. Um, mm-hmm. She says, and it's it's a long one, so buckle up, buttercup. All right, go for um, it. This week, the National Inquiry is hearing from police for the first time. I want to take this opportunity to acknowledge the families of missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls. Thank you so much for having the courage to speak up about the injustices you experienced and the times you felt disrespected, ignored, and neglected by the RCMP. On behalf of myself and my organization, I am truly sorry for the loss of your loved ones and for the pain this has caused you, your families, and your communities. I am sorry that for too many of you, the RCMP was not the police service you needed it to be during this terrible time in your life. It's very clear to me that the RCMP could have done better. I promise to you, we will do better. You are entitled to nothing less than our best work in your communities. I believe it's never too late to do the right thing, and I want this apology to be one more step in the RCMP's commitment to reconciliation. Although we're not the only solution to the issue of violence against Indigenous women and girls, the two-spirit LGBTQ community and the two-spirit LGBTQ community, we know we have a large role to play when it comes to preventing that violence and to bring perpetrators to justice. It's a very yeah. nice little speech. I'll, I'll, I will yeah. have a link to the um, to the press release, if that's what you want to call it, um, where people can read it on their own. Um, that's crazy that somebody's actually like acknowledging like, and apologizing. Yeah, we, we didn't do everything that we could and that's wrong and now we're going to try to do it. But I wonder if the report from Elizabeth Denham, if that never reached the public eye, mm-hmm. if if that if this even would have happened. Yeah, yeah um, and it's not just like ap- ap- apologize because I got caught, not because exactly. I'm sorry. Yes, um, yeah. but it's not just Elizabeth Denham who's bringing attention to this because, like I said, there was a documentary that was made um, by the by the current, um, which is. CBC Radio One. It's it's in Canada, mm-hmm. um, but so and then there's still more um, because even though it's been the stories have been infamous, like it's it's kind of known by especially the women, but the people in that area. If you walk along Highway 16, if you hitchhike, if you do whatever, you're basically taking your own life into your hands if you're indigenous. Yeah. Um, it's like almost haunted in a way. Yeah. No, kind of. It's haunted, but it's haunted by real fucked up people. Yeah. Even worse. Yeah. Um, so it's like you can have the friendliest fucking ghost haunting your haunting your shit. It's yep. nothing compared to these people. Yeah. Um, but now it's really starting to gain traction and attention from the media and in pop culture. Um, and mm-hmm. it kind of it really started. um so on top of the whatchamacallit um the highway of tears documentary on ramona wilson Mm -hmm. there was another documentary on ramona wilson and that was in 2006 and it was by metis filmmaker m e with a accent mark over the e t i s i can't pronounce it i don't think i'm pronouncing it correctly but that was by Christine Welsh, and that was titled Finding Dawn. Okay. Um, and the documentary highlights the tragic reality that Aboriginal women face today 
And in the past 30 years, an estimated 500 Aboriginal women have gone missing or have been murdered in Canada. Jesus. Yeah. And and just wait, because it may not even be 500. Um, In March 2014, a documentary was released by Canadian filmmakers Matthew Smiley and Carly Pope. And that was called The Highway of Tears. And it's especially well known because it's been featured in a lot of film festivals since its release. And also because everybody's fave Canadian, Nathan Fillion, narrates it. Whoa. I love him. He's precious. I didn't Um, even know he was Canadian. Nathan Fillion, sponsor us. Oh, he is. Oh, Canada indeed. Um, Damn. Yeah, I know. Um, But so the Highway of Tears documentary raises awareness about the notorious stretch of highway and those women who have seemingly been silenced. And in a 2014 interview with CBC, um, Matthew Smiley revealed that during the editing of the film, over 400 missing and murdered indigenous women were estimated to be missing and or murdered across Canada. By the time we premiered the film, the number was over 600 in March of 2014. And then the numbers increased to 900 and now over 1200 missing and murdered indigenous women across Canada. We cannot turn a blind eye to this. This That's what he said. Um, And again, that's in 2014. It's been four years. Yeah. Yeah. So in 2015, Vice, introdu- Vice produced a miniseries called Searchers, The Highway of Tears. And the program highlighted the story of various Aboriginal women who have disappeared along the Highway of Tears. And also um, in a not a not a different twist, but they don't just highlight the women. They mm-hmm. bring attention to the friends and the families and the detectives who are all fighting for justice for these women. Because these women, some people may say, like, these women are just gone, blah, blah, blah. But all of the people, all of the legacies they have left behind, even the girl that's been missing since 1969. Yeah. Their legacies continue to live on in infamy. I also like how a lot of the pop culture references to this one aren't, like... They didn't make a movie and no. uh, fictionalize a bunch of stuff. Like no. it's documentaries that's just bringing awareness. It's all document. Oh wait, well your heart's gonna break in a bit. Oh um, no. Oh 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 yes. Not in a not in a like. Nobody did anything fucked up with the Highway of Tears. That's gonna be fine. Okay, good. Um, but yes, and Vice has also, to their credit, I I really I love Vice, but um, they also have featured a multitude of online articles pertaining to the highway of tears murders and disappearances like it's not like they mm-hmm. did a one-off miniseries they they continue to not let it go and they continue to write about it and call attention to it and be like don't forget this is still happening yeah which is really good um and then also released in 2015 Lorimer Shenher published a memoir titled that lonely section of hell the botched investigation of a serial killer who almost got away And Mm -hmm. in this memoir, he writes from his perspective as a former reportive and the first police detective to be assigned to the case of the missing women off Highway 16. And the autobiography also covers in detail the highly problematic police culture that has affected the disappearances on the Highway of Tears. Um, So, yeah. So it's apparently a very interesting read. It's a very well-written read. Um, Shenaher was actually nominated for the British Columbia Book Prize for his work. Wow. Yeah. Um, but all right. S- 
saddle up. Oh, no. In 2017, students from a British Columbia First Nation created a music video about missing and murdered Indigenous women. The video was produced by the Nwe N apostrophe W-E Jinan, which is a nonprofit organization that aims to encourage First Nation youths to express themselves through the arts. The song was called The Highway. A very good cause. Um, The song was called The Highway. Okay. And it was written by the students at the Na Akasa Gyalakyu School. Um, I definitely butchered that. It's apostrophe N-A and then A-K-S-A and then G-Y-I-L-A-K apostrophe Y-O-O school in Kitsumkalum First Nation. And that's just outside of Terrace where a couple of girls lived and went missing near in northern British Columbia. And the video, they made a music video for the song. um, And it shows a girl who hitchhikes on the Highway of Tears while the students sing about resilience and their community's strength. And um, a quote pulled from the song slash music video, um, a student raps, I'm bothered by how my nation has been bullied and controlled. Living here has been so hard and there's a road that leads to tears. Wow. Yeah. So even the fact that the kids are not just aware, but getting in on it and saying, hey, this needs to stop. Hey, we need some help. Yeah, it's still it's, just, it's very the heartbreaking. Community. Exactly. And it's just it's so heartbreaking because um, when the kids come forward and say it's just like with Parkland in that when the kids come forward and say this needs to stop, that's it. it it's awful. Yeah, you hope other people are listening. Yeah. That's you know it's bad when the kids are begging the adults to make a change. Do something. Yes. Um, but as I've said, as I've hinted at, there's still much debate over the exact number of women who have gone missing in northern British Columbia. But many people living in the north believe that the number exceeds 30, like the 30 women that have been identified. Yeah. On yeah. November 17, 2012, an episode of 48 Hours focused on the Highway of Tears and estimated the number of the victims to be 18 since 1969. This is in 2012. Okay. In, in February 2016, the RCMP officially counted 1,017 cases of indigenous women disappearing over the past three decades. Wow. So since 19... What is that? Um, I can't do math. I can't do math. I can't do math. 1966 about, right? Yeah. No, 76? 16... 2006, 96, 86, 1986. I got there. We got there. It's okay. It's a journey. We all did it together. (laughs) Thank you for joining me. This is my TED Talk. Um, So over the past three decades, 1,017 cases. However, according to research from the Native Women's Association of Canada, known as the NWAC, and I'd Mm -hmm. consider them to be given the cover-up way back when i'd i'd consider this to be the most trustworthy source okay give me a number throw a number at me for the number of missing and murdered indigenous women uh probably with all the numbers that you threw out i would say 1500 okay final answer yeah i'm I'm gonna stick with it all right four thousand 
and victims are still going missing after disappearing on the Highway of Tears and in the surrounding area in British oh Columbia God. in general. Four fucking thousand. That's a hell of a lot less. Even if you round up to twelve hundred, that's still that's that's obscene. Yeah. Um, the estimates by the NWAC and the RCMP include women who disappeared at a greater distance from the highway than the area defined by just the Highway of Tears investigation. And the CSFS, as like a final little thing, um, they ask that any leads or tips related to any of the victims in cases regarding the Highway of Tears be directed to the BC Crime Stoppers website. And for those who may have information, um, that website is www.bccrimestoppers.com. Jesus Christ. Somebody yeah. has to know something. Somebody has to know something. It's it's just like, Jesus, fuck. Someone's got to know something. Like, how can this go how can, so If it is the 4,000 women, how can all of these women be missing and no one knows anything? Not a single fact. No. There's that's, no fucking way. Yeah. It, and that's why I said I warned in the beginning. It's so infuriating. Because, you know, like these. These women, they matter. Their lives matter. And the communities that this is affecting, they matter. And it's just it's incredibly. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's just it's hard to even think about that. Right. It, it's 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 hard to just like not only to wrap your head around it. It's also difficult to come to terms with the fact that, yeah, this is something like that people are capable of committing these violent crimes. And there are people who are capable of seeing it, recognizing it and consciously choosing to do nothing about it. Yeah. And just sweep it under the rug. Of, there's a couple of reasons why it's messed up. Yeah. Number one reason, if it's four thousand, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say it's not one person. Yeah, absolutely not. So, well, even with the investigations, the fact that they connected it to at least three men shows yeah. that it wasn't just one person. But then it makes me think: if it's that number of people, is it a uh, not cult, but like a? Um, I know what you mean. Kind of like, like a like, like a the KKK group? or something like that, like yeah. a hate group, right? Yeah, it, no, I mean, it, it is could it a be. hate group that nobody knows the name of? And, like, obviously... It's the deep like, state. Like, hate groups <laughs> like to be known. <laughs> they right, like no. to have their names out no. there. They want uh, more I, members. I'm quoting way too much Sean Mulaney because I was listening to him at the gym. But um, it's how he, he has this one thing where he's like, and you tell him it was Golden Joe and the Suggins gang. And it's yeah, like... Yeah, exactly. Uh, but that's how these cults are. That's They're literally like, yeah, we're here. Yeah, it, it's, it's so uh, it's like we're here. Come join us. So the fact that if it is we're here, come join us group, and don't mess. Yeah, the the fact that if it is a hate group and they don't know who it is, that's insanity. Yeah, and also it's criminally underreported. Right, like I'm sure this is the first. Peop some people are hearing of this case. Exactly. 
I mean, or and people that, and know the name and they don't know the details. Right. Or a lot of people, from what I, I was looking kind of on message boards and things, a lot of people also confuse it with the Trail of Tears, which is in the United States. Yes. And yes. that was the forced removal of Native Americans from their land so the United States could take it over. And it is not exactly the yeah. same thing. Um, yeah. Equally, well, I wouldn't say equally terrible because, yes, people died, but they were not straight up murdered for being presumably native american but equally terrible because they were equally terrible thrown because out people were fucked over yes yeah um and people did die fucked um, up in a different way yes fucked up but still in a different way it's like it's in the realm it's on the spectrum of fucked up um yeah but that yeah no is insane this is this is some i'm telling you this is some shitty shit it is some shitty shit shit but yeah shitty no shit, shit so yeah so tell so the people where they can positive. find more information i was gonna say on a positive note we're on social media <laughs> yeah um but yeah no so we are on our website is crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com mm-hmm. um you can follow us if you have a tumblr if you are so inclined we also if you are do on- join our huge group because we got some we got a some ton numbers. of we got some peeps okay we do we it's got some little fun fluffy marshmallow motherfucking peeps it is um, a fun time over there it is a fun time over there we've got we've got what is it that stefan says he's like it's got like it's got everything it's got people dressed as traffic <laughs> cones and it's got <laughs> it's got murder it's got mayhem it's, it's got memes we have yeah. all of them triple m it's like triple d diners drive-ins and dives triple yes. m murder mayhems and memes yep that's what we're, we got we're going both on. gonna cut our hair like we Guy got a Fieri. little bit of that stuff going on on the instagram yes we do have an instagram um not as many pictures of Mo as I would like, but that's okay because no, we're working on it. We're getting we're, more. we're working on it, but also as many pictures of Mo as I would like is probably too many pictures of Mo for everybody else's comfort level. Um, that's all right. But that is also we that is also crime culture pod cast. No, it's yeah, it's pod, crime culture it's pod. podcast. Yeah, I was waiting for you to like tell me I was wrong because I this is probably bad on me, but I don't know the full name of our i know that we are crime culture podcast on instagram um mm-hmm. we are and simply tumblr. and tumblr we are simply crime culture on facebook pretty easy to find mm-hmm. us it's not it's not too bad and Although then i we, think if you're doing like the at search on uh on facebook facebook yeah i think it's crime culture podcast because it says oh. it in our description i don't really okay. know how facebook stuff works anymore i have no fucking idea yeah, no, I'm just, I'm too old for this shit. Um, our email is crimeculturepod at gmail.com and our Twitter is crimeculturepod. Yes. Yes. Um, and then we have a, we, you can go on to our website and you can access our Goodreads and our Spotify, which feature music and literature based on our episodes, if there is mm-hmm. any. Normally, usually there's literature more often than not there's music so yeah like that's we do always like fun little, uh playlists for yeah like Haley does cases. to send me yeah. off to california with like fucking music and stuff yep. like that yeah why not i mean it, some of it was just we were driving through the desert and it was like some of the songs that you put on that playlist made us all too aware how alone we were and that no one would hear us scream if somebody decided to like just get rid of us 
Hey, I was not listening to all those songs. Gonna fully admit anything that's oh, in yeah, California. No. I was like, it's going on the list. We we literally would look at each other and because for a while we were questioning whether or not you had listened to everything on the list, and of we would just look not. at each other. Sometimes we'd be like, No, definitely not. No, she definitely didn't listen to this. No, a thousand percent no. Yeah, no. But the Red anyway. Hot Chili Peppers songs, yes, but yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Uh, yeah, that to, was a doozy. I had to turn my air conditioner back on because I had to turn it off for this recording because I didn't want it to be distracting in the background. That's fine. So I have a date have with to... Mama Mia. The new ah, one. Perfect. Here we go again. Here we go again. I'm again. going in with low expectations, except not really because I'm prepared to be thrilled because Cher. I mean, how can you not? Do you believe... In Mama After Mia? Yeah. I know. It's going to be great. All right. It was a fun time. This was a fun time. Highway of Tears. Not so fun. Our podcast. Super fun. Subscribe. Mm -hmm. Rate. Please rate. We could use some ratings on there. Reviews. Yeah. Reviews. That's what I was going to say. All reviews are welcome reviews. Yes. Five Five stars only. No. Because then you know what's going to happen. Five stars if you love it. Four stars if you hate it. You know what? It's going to happen. Elliot or Michael is going to go on there and they're going to do a one star review and be like, this is fine, but I'm just going to do exactly what they told me not to. Um, That's true. So five stars, which only. is fine, which It'll actually reminds me. Thank you to Michael and Elliot. Yeah, they make they for, make this so much easier. Things. Right. Yeah. For, Even for though uh, I don't have to use Elliot's equipment anymore because I bought my own microphone. Prime Day was like Christmas for everybody. Prime Day was fantastic. Prime My Day was amazing. Is gorgeous. Prime Day sponsor us. Yes, Prime Day sponsor us. Spotify sponsor us. Every Nathan day is Fillion Prime Day. Sponsors. Yes, please sponsor us. Oh God, like a fucking peach. Um, mm. just yes. Right, Every day is time. Prime Day when <laughs> you listen time. to crime culture. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. See you next Tuesday. <laughs>